Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to Money FM 89.3 with Adrian Abraham and Lin Li Fu. Time now for Why It Matters. Recently, the Monetary Authority of Singapore and the Reserve Bank of India launched the linkage between Singapore's pay now and India's unified payments interface. The cross-border development will enable customers of participating financial institutions in Singapore and India to send and receive funds between bank accounts or e-wallets across the two countries in real time. Indeed, Adrian. The linkage provides customers with a safe, simple and cost-effective way to make cross-border fund transfers instantaneously. The PayNow UPI linkage is the world's first real-time payment systems linkage to use a scalable cloud-based infrastructure which can accommodate future increases in the volume of remittance traffic it is also the first linkage to feature a non-bank financial institution as a participant. And to tell us more about that, we have on the line Jeremy Tan, CEO and founder of Liquid Group. Welcome to the show, Jeremy. Thank you. Glad to be here. Jeremy, as Liquid Group is a PayNow member and participant in the PN-UPI linkage, how do the company's partners and LiquidPay's customer base benefit from this linkage? Well, okay, there's certain key benefits to this new linkage. Well, first of all, it's actually convenient. I mean, it's proxy-based, 24 by 7. So the convenience factor, you know, is very useful. I mean, we're used to pay now in Singapore. We use mobile numbers, BPAs. So similarly, in transferring to India using the proxy, uh, that's a very, you know, interesting value add for the whole service. It's real time. So that means the guys will actually receive the money within a few minutes. And it's a formal channel between PayNow and UPI. So it's secure. And very importantly, it's cost effective. So, you know, between the play of these four different factors, it makes it a lot more useful for the locals here, for the expats here and the migrants here to actually send money back home. Um, it's unique in that sense because of the proxy and the speed. So, and it's formal. So put it all together. It's new. It will create new use cases and it will create new user behavior. And, you know, we'll see how that evolves over the months ahead. Now, this linkage uses a scalable cloud-based infrastructure, right? So how different is this compared to other cross-border linkages, for example, with Malaysia, Thailand and even Indonesia down the road? You know, bilateral links, linkages are interesting, right? They're one-to-one. So mm-hmm. as you can imagine, uh, the scale of doing one-to-one when you do uh, more and more integration. So having a scalable cloud-based open infrastructure, mm-hmm. this allows future additions of markets to be a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, you know, it's, it's a pure physics kind of thing. So if you have a cloud-based multi-node model, that's useful. So that basically allows our local infrastructure, local services to scale faster in the months and years to come. So it's from the user perspective, they may not be aware of the scale of work needed mm. on national infrastructures to link, especially bilaterally. So from a technical basis, it's been a breakthrough from uh, BCS and NETS. And we really have to give credit to them for that. Yeah, absolutely. But this isn't the first sort of cross-border uh, linkage that we've seen. What yeah. makes this service different to some of the other apps? I'm thinking of like Wise and a few other platforms that you can actually send money to different countries. So if, if you look at it from the perspective of industry, whole of industry, development kind of thing. So we have, as you rightly pointed out, there have been very, very innovative companies that have managed to, on their own, set up linkages between countries. And um, that's that's useful from a single app perspective. Mm-hmm. But this is a, what we call whole of network perspective, where mm. 
every bank on the network can be. I mean, they have to opt in, they have to do some upgrades individually, but they do it one time and then they can access the whole market. So from a many to many model, this is where I think the, the big breakthrough is. So similarly, like our Singapore and Thailand thing, they start off with a bilateral. Uh, it's also whole of market thing and then new and more banks will add on. Various initiatives that you hear in the region when the governments are announcing network to network, these all set the framework or the foundation mm. for the rest of the market to get involved. So, you know, the, the, this innovation or at least this idea of, of cross-border payments were very much driven, you know, like fintechs, that, like mm. you, you mentioned some of them. And But you see, they, they, they were driving a service for themselves and it was great, it was brilliant. But now is what I would say, the industry and the networks getting involved. And when you connect markets to markets, you have hundreds of banks that you can connect to another hundred of banks and it becomes common it becomes you know part of life it becomes when when countries connect and this is the first step i think there have been talk about regional connection and we're all mm. very excited and part of that and if you look at the months and years to come the whole region will be integrated not by one app but everyone and every participant and every bank can if they so opt to mm. be part of the service and i think that's where the breakthrough is inclusion of not just one app it's including everyone yeah mm. so liquid group is the only non-bank financial institution involved in this pay now up linkage. What is the current payments landscape then for non-bank financial institutions like like Liquid, like yourself? Yeah, so we 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 feel very privileged to be the first. Um, We have been always focusing on cross-border. So there are a couple of us uh, non-banks on PayNow, but I think for us, we were decidedly the one that focused a lot on cross-border payments. Mm -hmm. We do C2B QR payments, a big emphasis on B2B payments. So we felt uh, privileged and obviously well-positioned to be the first on this cross-border payments. Mm -hmm. Um, And the rest of the participants are available for them to join. Mm -hmm. So because obviously from the the, being the first participant as we uh, worked through the process, there have been a lot of uh, learnings along the way. Um, Anything new obviously requires a little bit more attention, requires a little bit of of learning as we go, um, a little bit of adjustments. And I think where we felt very well-placed was MAS felt that because we are focused on cross-border we will be better adept to make the necessary changes, adopt to the new principles, adopt to the new uh, rules that were put in place to govern all kinds of transfers overseas. So we were first. We mm-hmm. probably won't be the last. Mm-hmm. And I think for the rest of the fintechs, now that uh, the framework, the all the learnings have been done, you know, all the, the 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 things that we, you know, the known unknowns, as someone used to say, has been established. Now we know what to do. Uh, it will be a lot easier for them to participate as well. Yeah. Will we see more non-bank financial institutions in this space going forward? I hope so, but I mean, I can't speak for them. But but to say that the path work, the path has been set or the framework has been set, it's not an exclusive thing. It's an inclusion thing, as I mentioned. It's, it's network to network. It's meant to has met as many players as possible mm. uh, to make it a robust competitive framework. Mm. And it's individually, they will have to decide you know, where their, the business model, the use case they're trying to support. But I think from, I would say from the government's or from the network perspective, I think it's an open door, yes. Jeremy, the service will be made available to uh, Singapore customers of DBS Bank and Liquid Group under this phased approach uh, where these institutions will progressively increase the number of eligible users, user groups and transaction limits. How is this exactly going to work when you going to raise the limits and you know make it available to a bigger group well okay so the the progressive nature of it is just to accommodate the education the training i mean obviously for as commercial actors us and dbs i mean i won't speak with dbs but you know you want it to be available for as many users as possible mm-hmm. but there is a process i mean people getting uh, understanding the app what does it do the implications of sending money overseas um and i think we all sat back and realized that you know it's, it's a step by approach we want to make it as soon as possible i think officially we, the date is the end of March that it will be open for all. I wouldn't say it's conservative, but I think it is mindful 
level of consumer understanding, criminalization of the service. But um, a short answer would be as soon as possible, end of March, and mm. everybody can use it. Yeah. And what other markets will uh, Liquid be looking at? So as part of the, the government initiatives, I think it's been announced that Malaysia will be the next one. And uh, mm. we'll be part of that process as well. Um, well. I wouldn't say much on that because there is obviously <laughs> some planning going on and mm-hmm. that will be being official in the months to come. Um, and we would uh, uh, participate in the, the various you know, government-to-government networks, network links that will evolve in the months and years ahead. Uh, on ourselves, obviously, we, we, we work in parallel. We, we work to supplement those systems. We are looking at China. I mean, mm. India oh. and China are the big markets itself. So that's one key market that we're working on to get life as soon as possible. So our focus is very much on ASEAN, China, North Asia, mm-hmm. uh, and um, not, not, not to over-mention things, but in, a, in the year ahead, or this year, uh, we would be announcing more and more markets uh, soon. Yeah. Timely, we just did a story about India and China talking about uh, population trends. But let's yes. also talk about uh, the winners out of this linkage. Um, when we talk about the migrant workers here in Singapore, a lot of Indian expats as well. How is this going to you know, really help them uh, down the line and really fit into the bigger picture? It goes down to the four key differentiation factors of this, this service, right? It's convenient. I mean, it's, it's proxy-based and uh, it's 24 by 7. You can do it in the middle of the night. You know, you don't have to have a bank account or you don't do have to go through an obscene process just to send money across. It's as simple as pay now. So that's that's a major driver. And it's real time. So for emergency money, uh, money that you need to get across uh, within a few minutes, this is very useful. And more importantly, it's it's not dubious. It's an official formal mm-hmm. channel between Payna and UPI. So, you know, from, from a user comfort level, they know that this is an sort of official channel to use that's real-time, it's proxy-based. And very importantly, it's, it's cost-effective. I mean, the key objective is to make it inclusive and cost-effective for all. There are obviously cost factors to, to accommodate for, but, and uh, we would be, be, be very mindful of the objective of the service. So to keep it cost-effective, you know, things might change along the way. We might modify... But at the end of the day, it's supposed to be, it is actually a, a convenient, cheap, secure, uh, real-time way to send money. So, And user patterns will change. And, and as people get more used to it, they will find use cases. They will rely on it once it becomes a little mm. bit more uh, common. And, you, you know, human behavior takes time. They have a established pattern. That's mm-hmm. what they do. Uh, but when they realize that this is what it is, it is official, proxy-based, real-time. And, uh, and, and then we expect user patterns to accommodate and to rely on it more and more. And it will be uh, very useful for my for foreign workers. Money sending is, is, happens every day. So once they get used to it, I really believe then it becomes part of their, their daily handling of their own cash back home. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much, Jeremy. We've been speaking to Jeremy Tan, CEO and founder at Liquid Group. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.